So I was watching, I watched this show when I fold laundry. <laughs> Only when you fold laundry? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's called A Million Little Things. It's a family drama. It's kind of coasting off of the This Is Us thing. Got it. But in it, one of the characters, Maggie, starts a podcast. She breaks up with, like, one of the other main characters, and it's, like, really hard, and basically the reason they break up is because they're trying to find themselves. And so she decides to start a podcast to document her finding herself. So is this us finding ourselves? No. Well, I guess we could we could examine that, but... One of the plot points is that she talks about her relationship with her roommate, and she talks about why she broke up with her ex on mic, and then accidentally uploads the entire thing unedited. And as a podcaster myself, I saw many, <laughs> I saw many issues with this. There's so many points where the like the software forces you to review what you've made. And see, I think that the the writers know this because they shrug it off by being like, oh, she got this new software that's one click, and she makes a quip that's like, wow, it really is one click. <laughs> They're like, well, this is what fast podcasting has done to us. Yeah, well, the fact that it's she... It's like a moral quandary. She never edits, she never edits the podcast. I she know. She just releases it. I know people who post podcasts that they don't edit. It's not that... Like, it, I think maybe some people can get away with it. But we're, most can't. We're too stupid. We're far too stupid. We repeat the same things over and over to each other like four times sometimes, before there's something usable. Sometimes I'll be like, I got a glass of what? Gl-. And Becca will say, okay, Tegan, take it from the top. <laughs> I will do that. And I go... I got a glass of water. So if you ever hear me talk a little too smoothly. Yeah, it's because it was the second try. <laughs> or the fourth. Anyway, I don't know why that came to mind. I just I just wanted everybody to make fun of that plot was the, point. Wait, was this a real cold open? Was it? Is this what cold open... <laughs> Is this what cold opens feel like? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I we need to address at the top. That I sound like I've been smoking cigarettes nonstop for forty years. For forty years. What What if the the listener response is, "You sound the same, Tegan. What would you do?" <laughs> I'd be like, "What? That would be bad." I'd, my therapist would hear about it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, my throat hurts. It's been four weeks. If you have any fun sore throat remedies, I'll pass them up. Yeah. I'm willing to gargle with lotion at this point. <laughs> have you tried salt water? Yes, Becca. Have I tried salt water? It's probably the first thing that comes up when you Google it, huh? Who is the most famous person that you have gotten an autograph from? You're looking at it. Really? Yeah. Just like that Rooster Teeth guy? Michael from Rooster Teeth or Curtis Connor. I don't know why I would expect a kid growing up in California to have, like, a lot of cool autographs. Well, I met... I haven't met that many famous people. Yeah. The most famous person I've met is a Sprouse. I can't remember which one. Cole. And I didn't it's really Cole meet every him. Time. <laughs> I guess I've like I don't know. California is a big state. You're not wrong. And a lot of celebrities live in the rich part of California. Yeah, you're not. Wrong. Not Santa Maria. <laughs> I feel like if I encountered a celebrity in the wild, I would not ask for them for an autograph. I have a selfie with Dan from Dan is Not on Fire. Dan Howell. Um, I I do, I have a picture that I, like, all of the things that I have, I got from Comic Con, or, like, from yeah. Fanex, which is in Salt Lake, and it's like, yeah, I pay them for a service. I would feel very presumptuous going up to any old. Yeah, these are all, have all been paid for. I do have, I mean, I have the Blue Devils, they signed my drumsticks. I have a t-shirt, or at least I used to have a t-shirt that was signed by that season's, it was like 2016's University of Wyoming girls soccer team. You know what? I have a t-shirt signed by all of the neon trees. I feel like that's pretty good. That's good, because it's all of them. You got a signature. I got a signature. Hey, Becca. Yeah, Tegan. What is a signature? It's basically a way for people to prove their identity. What? (laughs) To, like, verify their identity. Can you be more specific? Welcome to Be More Specific, where an entomologist... Me! 
and a film student, me, walk into a podcast and walk out with a question answered. I'm Becca. And I'm Tegan. Okay, so, signatures. Mm -hmm. What does yours look like? Inconsistent. Really? Yeah, I mean, basically, they're, so, to use a little piece of terminology. Just to describe my signature, I'm going to use some calligraphy terms. So there's ascenders and descenders. And ascenders are like the letters or like the drawings that you make that rise above the like mean of your signature. So if you put a line through it, then the descenders are the things that go under the mean, like the bottom of a G or a Y. Uh, okay. And the Ascenders are, like, the things that go above the mean, which are, like, the top of your T's and the I's and things. So for me, in Rebecca, I have, like, ascender, mean. Ascender, mean. Ascender. Because it's... Oh, yeah. R, E, B, E, K, A, H. I used to do my name with a crazy N. To really cap it off. Yeah. I was trying to balance the ascenders and descenders, wasn't yeah. I? Yeah. So what I do basically now is I just do, like, a line for an ascender and then a nothing. And then just, like... And then just... Bleh. Line. Bleh. Line. Bleh. Bleh. So it's just, like, tall, short, tall, short, tall, short, tall, short. You know what we'll It looks to do. kind of like a heartbeat. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna post our signatures. We're gonna post our signatures. Yeah, that's fair. So, but basically, my signature, like, none of the letters are recognizable as letters. It's just... Tall letter, short letter, tall letter, short letter, tall letter. My mom's signature is J, loop, 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 TH. My mother's turned into, I think it must have started as something real, but it turned into just like three humps and a flourish. I've seen that. Right. <laughs> Which I know how to do better. Like, I I don't know if every male schooler does this, but I worked very hard to like craft a signature when I was little. Oh yeah, you practiced. I practiced constantly and I just and came then, to the conclusion that R's and B's are ugly. T is hard. The only way to get a cute T is to pretend it's a J. That's fine. That's why my signature looks like G and Yeah, it kinda does. But so I kinda just gave up on my name and I don't have to use signatures as often as I expected to as an adult. Well now it's all type your name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if I do have to sign like a receipt or whatever, it's just it yeah, it's it's a scrawl. And it's like relatively consistent, but sometimes I forget one of the tall letters or one of the short letters. Wait. What? I have a McElroy signature. Wow. <laughs> We also have Brandon Sanderson. Oh, no, you don't have a Brandon Sanderson signature. Sorry. I, sorry. Sorry. I don't want to, like, <laughs> like, it, like, I don't know, point out how few signatures you have. But I have a Brandon Sanderson signature. That's so something. Wedge, I have a, He's also not very precious about them. So. I have a Justin McElroy signature. Yeah. My sister has a Stan Lee signature. I have, like, some voice actors and a Brandon Sanderson so, like, nothing's super huge. My brother once sent Miley Cyrus a letter that I feel like could construed be construed as, like, a serial killer ransom note. <laughs> I don't know. It was a very strange letter, but event- somehow he got Miley Cyrus's, like, signature back. It could have also not been her <laughs> doing it. Yeah, they probably might have a signature machine. Well, that's a- yeah, that's something to get in, just the fact that signature machines exist, and in legal settings, they count. But, yeah. like, I guess if you're, if the thing that is most important to you is that, like, your celebrity has touched a piece of paper, then it's not as, then it's not genuine. Well, that's why authors will sign. They'll be like, my hand hurts. Yeah. Because for people, it's important that, like, they touched it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, didn't, I heard that Donald Trump's signature machine had to be refitted like, the White House signature machine had to be refitted to fit Sharpies because he likes yeah, to he, sign in Sharpie. Yeah, Sharpies. Yeah. Which I kind of get. They're satisfying. But Sharpies it does feel, nice. it feels, like, Trump-like. very Trumpian it's like, to, yeah. use a, to use a Sharpie. It's just so, like, aggressive. Yeah. It's like, no, not a, not a fountain pen, yeah. you heathen. Yeah. Yeah. But now that we've, you know, described our own signatures on an audio format because we keep doing this... Let's let's talk about like the history of signatures, shall we? Yeah. May I take you on a journey? We're holding hands. We're in ancient Sumeria. 
There's a lot of sand, probably. My throat is full of sand. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Like, anyway. That Sumerian sand, it'll get you. <laughs> we don't refer to that area as Sumer, Sumeria anymore, right? No. No. No, it's an ancient civilization. That's yeah. the whole thing. Anyway. But we, like, history is interesting because... It, <laughs> Just the nature of history is interesting because the only things we know are based off of, like, records. So I'll just say that the earliest record of, like, the earliest known record of using words and symbols to validate identity is a Sumerian clay tablet dated back to 3100 BC, and it displays marks from a scribe named Gar Ama, on which he makes a list of 41 common professions. So it's just, it's a scribe, he's a historian, whatever. Yeah, so, like, signatures... They are frequently on, like, important documents and things, because they've been used since at least 3100 BC, but I, it's still, like, a different area of study than just, let's find the oldest written thing we can. Gotcha. Because that is the definition of a, of a signature, it's validation of identity. It's not just writing a name, though often writing names, like, function as signatures. But, like, we all know someone who signs... Everything with just a line. Yeah. Yeah. But like what we just wrote down on that sticky note, that's not a signature because we're not trying to verify anything. Is it an autograph? It could be an autograph. Autographs are normally used to base our... They... (laughs) Autographs, there's not like a real like definition for them. It's just most of the time if you like it's... If you're famous, then it's an autograph. So was the Declaration of Independence signed or autographed? It was both. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there. it's it's kind of like a weird sort of different, like, there's no concrete difference between an autograph and a signature, which disappointed me as a little bit because I was a stupid little kid who cared a lot about grammar and words, and every time a cashier would be like, can I get your autograph? In my brain, I'd be like, you mean signature. Mm. And it's like, I I guess there's a difference, but it's more cultural. So I feel like maybe uh, maybe what we did are, are autographs because it's like just the pure piece of like art, I guess. A signature as art. Yeah, it doesn't have a purpose other than to like exist. And because it is associated with a person, like because it's associated with a person, it's an autograph. So it's it, yeah. like... You know, it's kind of a, a wibbly-wobbly definition and delineation between autograph and signature, but there are ways to assign different meanings to each of them, and I think, like, in our culture, autographs most of the time are referencing somebody famous and signatures are not. That makes sense. Yeah. But most of these signatures weren't actually, like, most of these ancient signatures that we found, they're, most of the time, they're, like, they're, they're pictorial, they're not... Oh, well, okay. Yeah, they're not letters, like, particularly not, like, in the, the Latin alphabet. They're just... People would put, like, a bird or something, and the specific way that they would sign the bird shows that it's, like, them and not somebody else. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it's, like, kind of in the same line as, like, seals or crests and stuff like that. Oh, okay. In in sign language, you can be given a sign name? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's similar. I feel like it is. You don't have to, like, spell something out. It's just a symbol of who you are. Yeah. But uh, it isn't until the second half of the 11th century that we have knowledge of a document signed in the Latin alphabet, which is ours and, you know, yeah. Latin languages. We do Spanish, share an alphabet. German. You and I. You and I, both of us. <laughs> English speakers. Yeah. Anyway. But this signature was from Spanish military leader El Cid, who made a donation to the Cathedral of Valencia. I wonder if El Cid felt like they were doing something different. (laughs) Well, we don't know he was the first one to do it. Well, like, he could have not been the first one. There could have been hundreds, and we just don't have those records. But, like, was he just like, I'm bad at drawing birds? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or, like, were any of these people just, like... What possessed them to sign their names instead of... A balloon animal. Yeah, instead of just something else random. (laughs) Yeah, balloon animal. (laughs) I looked on my wall and I have have a painting, I guess a line 
string art of a turtle and some balloons and my brain went balloon animal <laughs> yeah, but sure why why your name and i guess we could talk about like the idea of names but that's a, a whole loaded complicated topic too mm. or it's like why is that so integral to our identities What's in a name yeah yeah so but at some point people recognize that their names were a way to differentiate themselves I guess, like, pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, yeah. But more so than just differentiating themselves, like, socially, but in, like, official documents. Well, because even, like, dolphins have names for each other. Yeah. Monkeys have names for each other. Whales have names for each other. Yeah. And I guess you could just argue that the signatures or seals that these ancient Sumerians would use are just serving the same function as a name. Yeah. But... Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it probably also, in that time, was a mechanism, especially if, like, no one else draws the bird like you, to be like, hey, you probably touched this, so you most likely know the information on this mm -hmm. for, like, receipts or... Yeah, that was a part of it, too. Well, because it's not just to prove that you were the person involved, but it's, like, to prove... That, like, you have knowledge of what's on a specific document. Or you had the opportunity to read something, whether exactly. or not you did Exactly, and that's so. how they still function generally. Because it's, like, in at banks and receipts and legal things, it's just you're acknowledging that you were there, basically. Yeah. There are- there were I should, I should start signing everything because Tegan was here. <laughs> yeah, that would be classy. <laughs> um, but there were other ways of, like, making this known where cutting off a lock of hair and giving it to someone else was one way to seal a contract- and sometimes that is so metal. What if we should start? We should start a podcast vial, and every time we record an episode, put in a lock of air. No. <laughs> Another way around the 13th century, agreements were sometimes marked with a slap or some other traumatic act. The theory was that both parties would remember not only the injury but the accord that was reached on its infliction. I'm like. Hey, Becca, could you house sit for me? And you're like, yeah, totally. Come here, though. And I'm like, sure. And then you break my pinky. <laughs> well, it's the same sort of thing, like, when people, like, pinprick of blood and then, like, well, shake hands. You're or... supposed to, like, be sharing fluids or whatever. I Yeah, I don't know, what, like, why that is. but Blood-packed, think... Becca. Well, blood-packed, but I don't know what a, like... What? I guess, why? I guess part of the reason why is... So that you would remember not only the injury, but the accord that was a reach. It's terrifying. <laughs> also, also witchcraft, question mark. Yeah, like somehow that's involved. I like the the slap is very funny. Yeah. Just Imagine if you're like at, you're at like Walmart and they're like, can you sign this? And you're like, oh, actually I can't. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Just come here. And they just give you like a little like smack right on the face. Yeah. Or even, I guess... You put your hand over the counter and they just kind of... <laughs> I wonder if you could become famous for your particular slapping style. You're like, oh, we all know Jeremy. He's the worst slapper of them all. Yeah, everybody's like describing slaps to each other and you're like, oh, whoa, same guy. <laughs> Wait, <gasps> you know Jeremy. <laughs> What, Jeremy? I don't know. Poor guy. Anyway, that's just interesting. And then during the medieval period, painters considered themselves craftsmen and weren't particularly interested in, like, posterity. Because that was another thing where you would want your name to be on things so you would be, like, remembered. And it was considered an important thing that you pass on to future generations because your signature is unique. And just for historical purposes, it's nice to have, like, people associated with objects. Yeah. Um, but painters weren't interested in that. Um, well, because painters were above it. Yeah, well, for a bit, like, artists kind of refused to have signatures because they thought the art could speak for itself. So signatures became more down-to-earth, and, like, so there there would be things like mason's marks, which are which still exist, and you can see still see them on old, on old stonework in Europe, where, like, there were just very prolific masons and... We know that because of the mark that they left, whereas there are plenty of paintings that we just don't, we don't know who wrote. We, we can figure it out mostly based on, like, 
strokes and stuff like that, but it would have been much easier if they'd just signed their work, you know? Or at least, like, written it on the back. Right. But then, around the Renaissance, artist signatures started to be more common, such as the engraved signature of Michelangelo on Le Pieta. Oh, he engraved is, his signature. Yeah, that was really common. Like, how else would Mason's sign Yeah. Them? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, the, but a Mason's mark is different, isn't it? It's not like a flourishy thing. No, but it's distinctive and, like, engraved. <laughs> I can't, like, we tried to carve things out of wood while we were camping. Yeah. And I could barely make a small hedgehog-shaped thing. Yeah, it was more like... <laughs> Desert had to finish it. It's... It was just a small, hard-to-hold object. You made the hardest object to hold. But, like... I can't imagine. I know right now the thesis of this is, well, Michelangelo was really talented <laughs> because he carved his name into it. <laughs> that's it. That's why. That's what you'll remember him for. Oh, man. I, you know what? No, the real thesis is, wow, in comparison to others, I can't do anything. <laughs> so signatures were used in different situations, but still like pretty commonly because they are, especially before... This is going to sound weird, because crime has always existed. (laughs) And fraud has always existed. But, like, when, when signatures... Crime? Eternal. When signatures were... Fraud? Eternal. When signatures were a relatively new thing, it was more difficult to forge them. And it was, like, less... And it, it was less, like... It was less lucrative, I think, to forge them. There weren't whole professions based on the forgery of signatures. Well, signatures, they were they were widely used, but especially because they were used more for like like trades and things like that. It wasn't it like when artists were refusing to use them, it was not valuable to become a forger. Yeah. <laughs> because that makes you couldn't sense. pass something off as like an I don't, I don't what's a medieval artist? I took this class. But you but like you couldn't pass something off as a famous artist's work based on their signature because that's just like it wasn't available to you. Whereas and with trades like you don't why would it be val- valuable to forge a tradesman's signature? Yeah, cuz the work is the value. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes So if sense. you can't do the work, and if you can do the work and you're just trying to coast off of somebody's reputation, well, it was hard for people to build reputations because the global trade network wasn't really at like so no one, no one knew what you did. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, like, complicated reasons why forgery and signature never really, like, didn't super take off. But I think as, as like, international trade increased, like, the signature's usage as, as like, a validation of somebody's, like... Identity. Identity became more widespread until... Because maybe I've never met... Yeah. M- Mike, but... He's signed everything I've seen come from yeah, exactly. America or whatever. Things stopped being, like, so cut and dry. Is like, you pay for a service, and then the service gets done. There's, like, businessmen are born, and intermediaries, and all these things that make paperwork. And thus, businessmen were born. <laughs> exactly. They came, they emerged... From Zeus's head, fully formed. Yes. And in 1967... Nope. <laughs> what am I? 1967. It's, I, six- it's quite a jump. I was about to be like, like let's talk about the 1400s. You know what's wild? What? I, you said 1967 and my brain said I was born in 1967. <laughs> I meant to say it's- I was not born in 1967. That's what you think. Well, sixes are nines upside down. And that's hard. I think we should change well, one of them. Well, guess what date I'm trying to say. 1677. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a significantly, like, earlier. At least you didn't say 1967. <laughs> yeah. But in 1677, the legal dimension of signature. <laughs> The legal dimension of signatures was born. It became, like, in a court of law, the English Parliament voted on the Statute of Fraud Acts, which required that wills, contracts, and grants should be written and signed to avoid fraud. Okay. So by that point, I guess, like, fraud- The legal dimension. I- I Part of the MCU. (laughs) 
But... <laughs> okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> no, it's okay, maybe this episode will be funny. <laughs> but, so, by the 1600s, it became, like, a legally binding thing, rather than... Just, just for like... funsies. Well, sure. It was never just for funsies, like, it was utilitarian, but it was... It wasn't legitimized in a court of law, and... You know how, like, policy drives culture a lot of the time? It just became even more popular. Well, I mean, it became, like, legally mandated that, like, signatures had to be used. And that was just... that was just So in... people had to develop a signature. Yeah. And that was just in England, but, like, you know how... You know how England was. You know how the English do. <laughs> they kind of tried to take over the world a couple of times. Oh. And they spread their silly ideas about signatures with them. England is blushing. <laughs> But So by the time John Hancock signed America's Declaration of Independence in 1776, which was, like, was that a whole hundred years later? That was yeah. a whole hundred years later. But uh, I, do you, I did the thing where I didn't try to do math. I just waited until you did it and then agreed with you. Yeah. Well, 99, <laughs> technically. But, 99 know. years and a signature is in all of them. <laughs> what? What did you just say? It's like the 99. I got 99 problems, but a... a signature ain't one. A woman ain't one. I got 99 years, but a signature... Was in, was in, all, in all of them. Okay, I get it. But, uh, so, by 1776, it was a binding contract and used widely around the world. Scholars consider this act to confer to the signature the importance it has now for the English-speaking world, at least. Okay. So, before this act, there were other ways to prove or verify identity. Like what? Uh, we will tell you after this break. I'll tell you after this break? You'll tell me. I'll tell Tegan and nobody else. <laughs> A secret. So, between the 6th century, when signatures first appeared, and the 17th century, when signing became standard practice, Europeans used various customs in addition to signing to formalize contracts. Wax seals bearing an impressed or embossed figure were common, particularly among the French. Particularly. Particularly. Seals also appear in the Bible, and to this day, sealing rather than signing is standard practice in East Asian countries. Isn't that wild that appears in the Bible? But one popular way to create these impressions was to press a signet ring into beeswax. So, Ooh. signet rings would normally have, like, a crest or Did a anyone, seal or whatever. I wonder if anyone ever punched someone with a signet ring. And, and like, then it was like, a long mark. <gasps> Marco did it. Probably. That definitely happened. There's be no way it didn't. That has to be the plot of something. Let's make a medieval TV show. <laughs> yes! <gasps> About medieval crime fighters. Sure. And that can be one of the clues. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't, like, just the beat, like, you would use it as a signature in beeswax, but you but people would also use the signet ring itself as validation. A king might, for example, dispatch a herald bearing an oral message yes. to a foreign power and give him the royal signet ring so that the message's recipient would be confident of its origin. And I, I could, I'm sure that I have seen this plot point in movies before. Where someone steals the signet ring. I can't tell you, like, a single one, like, a, a specific movie, but I know I've seen it before. It's been in webtoons before, for sure. Yeah, probably, yeah. Which I feel like I might have seen it in, like, Mickey Mouse, The Prince and the Popper or something. There's lots of kiss my signet ring. Mm-hmm. That probably is like a respect thing for the office of king. The office? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, that is also like a part of like seals. I'm going to say that's a part of Mickey's lore. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, especially in East Asia, China and Japan and Korea specifically, when back to like the Qin dynasty, people would use seals, but most of the time they weren't like a specific emperor. It was just the office of the emperor, just stuff to like, well, we even that. have, I mean, there is the United, like the seal of the president. Yeah, there's still a presidential seal and we still use it Lots of places still use it, but generally on, like, a governmental level, like, on a on a daily basis, like, most families don't have their own seal anymore. Yeah. And most individuals. Whereas, something I, like, did not know in Japan, and Korea, and China, but, like, especially Japan, like, everybody has different seals. Like, not just one seal of their own, 
depending on if you're doing banking or if you're signing for packages mm-hmm. or if it's like a government document, there are different kinds of seals. So I will probably do an episode about those because I think it's interesting. Yeah, no, I saw a TikTok about someone. It was a American woman who had moved to Japan and she was talking about some of like the weird cultural things that she had to like work through and understand. And one of them was she had like a special container for her seals. Mm-hmm. And when she went to the bank, she had to take the whole container because mm-hmm. she didn't know what type of documents she would need to sign. Yeah. It was Which... really, and they, she, that like they're traditionally given as like gifts in the family. It was really, really interesting. Yeah. Well, it's like seals are also interesting because they're considered an art form as well as just a thing to that you need to use on a daily basis. So, and seals, they can cost anywhere from like $10 to, like, $1,000, depending on, like, the materials and how artistic, and there are famous seal mm. makers. Okay. Our true crime series is now through time, and we have to have a shot of, like, a wealthy Japanese businessman with, like, an insanely ornate seal, just, like, rolling it, like, on a thing, and then putting it down, and then someone sneaking up and stealing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Wow, you're you're doing better at coming up with ideas than I am, and I'm a film major. <laughs> is this what creativity's like? I have. Is this collaboration? You want to know the secret? What? No standards. <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. You don't need standards when you're a student. We're not. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's unpack that, shall we? <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the fax machine. <laughs> Anyway, back to my best friend, the fax machine. Something that was interesting in my research is that, like, since, like, since that agreement... Some fax machines. Yes, well, since that 17th century, like, agreement that signatures must be used in England and, like, English properties, quote-unquote, like... The practice didn't change a whole lot. Signatures were just, you know, used on documents. And sometimes, like, other people would be around and give their signatures to verify that you gave your signature. And, like, the more people involved, the more certain you could be about everybody's identity and things. And Everyone's just pointing at each other in a circle. Yeah, and that practically didn't change until the advent of the fax machine in the 1980s. Well, we still kind of do that with notaries. No, we absolutely do. But it has become, like, there have been, there has been more development in the past 40 years than there was for 100 years before that, basically. So when the, in the 1980s, the fax machine became widely available for both office and home use. More and more people were transferring signed documents from one entity to the next faster than ever before. And that also, and a lot of people think that the reason that fax machines, like, are still in use, even though they are seemingly obsolete, since we can just do so much, like, file sharing through the cloud and things like that, a throwback to the cloud episode. (laughs) Listen to that episode. People liked it. (laughs) the cloud. Consider the cloud a nut. The clout? The coconut. Consider the cloud... No. Nah. Doesn't fit. Consider the cloud... Oh, yeah. Consider the internet... Consider the cloud. cloud. <laughs> okay, cool. But, um, yeah, so, like, a lot of people think that even though the fax machine is, like, spiraling towards obsolescence, like, the reason that we hold on to it is because there's still so much, like, merit and so much, like, I don't know, confidence placed in the idea of signatures, yeah. written signatures, and it's still, like, a really huge part of legal uh, documents and binding documents and things. Well, in the fact, in order to sign something online, it usually requires you to, it locks in the document. Yeah. And then also, usually it requires you to sign something also saying, I promise I am signing this. Yeah. Like, just the signature doesn't work. You have to have, like, two signatures backing up your yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild to me because digital encryption and digital signatures are, like, way more secure and way easier to vi- verify than, like, a regular signature is, but you still have to, like, go through... You have to still jump through way more hoops filling something out on the internet or online than you would if you just, like, signed something yeah. um, in person. But I think that is pretty silly because... 
signatures are unreliable at best. Yes. Just the the idea of signature where you're just signing your name and it's going to be pretty much consistent throughout your life and no. you can verify things through that. It's it's straight up just untrue and it has brought up like a lot of interesting issues concerning voter fraud in particular mm-hmm. because while we may not have to sign very many important documents without like the presence of a notary or somebody else or while we can do most things digitally like with voting there's absentee voting where the only thing you have to verify somebody's identity is their signature that's it and like there's just thousands of people who are not like especially trained and there's like lots of algorithms and things that are being built trying to figure out like if somebody is really themselves based on their signature and it is, it's just really difficult to tell a lot of the time. Maybe because... we should have a different method. Oh, absolutely. Agree. Yeah. But I just think, like, some of these statistics are interesting because, so, a, f- a fifth of the adults in the United Kingdom say they so they sign things so rarely that they have no consistent signature, which yeah. is the first issue, and it's 21% of people from the ages of 18 to 24. So, like, the younger y- you get, like the more rarely you have to sign things with, like, an actual pen. And researchers have published error rates for computerized signature verification where the best system falsely rejects 10% of true signatures and will accept 10% of forgeries. Cool. Good. So that's already, like, 20% errors both ways. Like, that's not good. And then, like, in-person experts would reject about 5% of true signatures, but they would accept 29% of forgeries. Dang. So, like, better... Not not really better. Definitely not better. Neither one is very good. And experts do tend to be better than most machines, but machines tend to be better than, like, most of the people who are actually sifting through signatures. I wonder when we're gonna get to just fingerprinting everything. Well, that is, like, there are people who champion that, like, biological indicators rather or than... Or even, like, RFID in mm-hmm. your skin. Right. Yeah. And I don't think it's that far off. I think as it is right now, like, computers do the job for us, like, electronic signatures. I mean, identity is just... Identity theft is not a joke. (laughs) You're not wrong. And apparently, it's a more complex issue than I ever expected. Because for me, I get kind of bothered sometimes when I'm asked for, like, a million signatures and IDs and things, and I'm like, why would I be pretending to be me? Like, I don't don't matter, basically. Yeah. But when there are enough... But, like... I... I... I don't know. Me being a person still just matters, like, not intrinsically maybe, but in the eyes of companies and in the eyes of governments, like, those people add up and that can change an election and that can make a lot of money. So identity theft is a real concern and signatures are not helping the matter. No. Which notably, I just want to say there was not voter, widespread voter fraud. No. No, no. But in the future, maybe we should have a method that can be scrutinized quicker. Yeah, for sure. And with more accuracy. Yeah. It's weird America hasn't changed. (laughs) And that's also something. So I mentioned how, like, in East Asia and Japan specifically, like, seals are used by individuals, like, frequently, but after the COVID-19 pandemic, Japan's government has, like, specifically tried to shift to entirely digital means of identification, because... Oh, that's kind of a bummer. It is. It's kind of sad, because it's, like, a cultural thing, and it's an artistic thing. It's not just because, like, in-person things, like, doing things in person spread the, the, like, spread the the disease. It was also just, like... Having so many paper documents makes record keeping very difficult. And yeah. when you don't have like digital record keeping like at your disposal, it is difficult to do research and it is difficult to like know what to do based off of research. So that is interesting. Like the current prime minister, Yoshihide Suga, has set the digitalization of the bureaucracy and ultimately of Japan's entire society as a key priority. So he's like super. Like, the digitization of humanity, which I think it sounds really sinister, but I don't think it has to be. No, and it, it's the it's same. It's just efficient. I mean, currently, I'm digitizing a large amount of family photographs. Yeah. And, I mean, that's it's the same thing. There's a reason why we look for backups. 
Yeah. And digitizing things is the easiest way to have backups. Yeah. And I was I was looking at interviews and things and there was this one professor who like she researches like hand the his she wrote a book on like the history of handwriting and like signatures kind of play into that a little bit and in the interview the interviewer was like do you think that like signatures are going the way of the dinosaur or that like handwriting is and she was like no <laughs> basically like digitization can be scary i suppose but yeah. like people are people make art and people like find ways to assert their identity and even if it's just a sort of like boutique or like or like super even if it's just a boot like a sort of boutique hobby where not a ton of people are doing it there will be enough people doing it to like carry on well and even the like the the carry on the things like art. this is dumb but like whiteboards still exist like handwriting yeah like people are never going to just stop writing May- maybe eventually but not anytime soon no we're... so many people still journal like and i still i'm pretty much like all my to-do lists are for the most part digitized mm-hmm. but i still when i write when i have a like a packing list i jot it down on a post-it note like yeah uh, handwriting is still so convenient too. Yeah. yeah it's still so convenient and it's like well, I wonder if signatures will become more of, like, an autograph type thing. Yeah. I was also, as I was researching, I was increasingly realizing that, like, the art of the signature, other than seals, which are, like, actual objects, like, the art of the signature doesn't super exist because it's always been very utilitarian. Yeah. You may have a beautiful signature, and a lot of people might, and I think people, I look at, like, my grandma's generation, and they tended to have gorgeous handwriting, and I think that's wonderful and lovely, but it was also, like... There was Just, a reason. Yeah, like, that's because that was that was what you had at your disposal. You had better handwriting than the generation before you because, like... It's the same as, like, almost, like, my phone isn't organized well as an artistic statement. It's because I use the object and want it to be nice. Yeah. Like, um, their signatures, even my signature, is nice because I use it. Yeah. And I like nice things. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's an interesting thing to consider. I don't, I don't think, just because, like, the political system and bureaucracy is so slow, like, signatures and notaries and things, they're still going to be around for a long time. But I think that people are increasingly realizing that they're not the most effective way to do what they're made to do, which is to verify identity. Well, we also use things like social security numbers. Which are not made to verify identity, yeah. to verify identity. Yeah. And signatures are just to prove that you were there. And even, like, when there there are, even the height of signatures, which was when, like, digit- like, the fax machine didn't exist and, like, everybody was using it for trade, plenty of people would still just put, like, X's down. Or yeah. if you were, when the, it was an ecclesiastical sort of thing, like, the sign of the cross was a super Ooh. common, like, signatory thing. And that's why a lot of people people think a lot of historians think that like the trend of just putting X's on things like was born of that, which I think is interesting. But it's (laughs) I like the idea of someone being like, "Why did Father John sign this with an X?" I guess I will too. (laughs) Yeah, where somehow it just got just a fundamental misunderstanding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, miscommunication. Well, that's just how so much of history goes. That's how I feel like that's also how evolution works. Like. A fundamental mistake leads to change forever. Yeah. So cool. Which isn't... Yeah, it's... I think that's beautiful. Delicious. I think it's gorgeous. Nom, 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 nom. That's something that I like. Yeah. I don't know. Signatures are cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that they are, like, rightfully becoming obsolete, but I think that there are... I, I think it might almost be better that, like, the art becomes completely separate from, like, the purpose of it. Verifying identity shouldn't have to be some gorgeous art. I think calligraphy is different, and I think it should be. Yeah. Anyway, I want so I, I have some some fun facts. Yeah, not a lot of fun facts, but I have a few. <laughs> Lay them on me. Okay, one of the things that I found super duper interesting about the Japanese. Fun. Fun- sorry! <laughs> In- fun things can't be interesting. 
No. So. That's why I'm super boring. I maybe should have said this back when we were talking about signet rings, but rings have been used since since antiquity as spy identification and in espionage. This is real. I went to the spy museum in Washington, D.C. I want to go so bad. Listen, Becca, this is not a joke. Yes. This is not a bit. I will go with you to the spy museum. And we can just do an espionage this. episode. But also, I will go anytime. I love that place. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Yeah. But so during World War II in particular, U.S. Air Force personnel would privately purchase signet rings with a hidden compartment that would hold small compasses or hidden messages. Or pills. To die with. Yeah, that was real. Yeah. Sometimes the things we see in spy movies were like, that's so far-fetched. No way. No. Straight up, spies were so dramatic. Oh, the most. Like, they definitely had a flair for the dramatic. 100%. It it wasn't just utilitarian. (laughs) Well, and I feel like still there is, in espionage, that similar flair, even in, like, cyber space. A lot of, like, cyber security attacks and stuff and, like, viruses, they're usually taken down because the person doing it is being dramatic Mm-hmm. And they leave some signifier in there, like leaving your signet ring behind. Yeah, well, that's something whenever I watch, like, a murder mystery or something, and there's the whole idea of calling cards, I'm like, that's... So dramatic. That's so stupid. Like, you're doing this for attention, Mr. Murderer Man. To be fair, we're doing this podcast for attention. Yeah, but we're not murdering anybody. If I murdered Yet. somebody, I would be smarter about it. I would not leave a calling card. If I were a serial killer, which maybe this indicates that I'm not, I would kill somebody differently every time. Yeah, and, that... Like... <laughs> to me, actually... Maybe, maybe part of the psychology of a serial killer is wanting to be recognized and doing it the same way because that's what, like, gets there is you a off theory, There is a theory that uh, the type of serial killer we catch... Oh, is just a particular type of serial killer? It's just this particular type, and there are numerous that we do not catch. You're right. That are different You are correct. Time. Many yep. murders go unsolved. I didn't consider that. <laughs> no, every murder, every murder ends with the parlor room scene. <laughs> I look through the haze of cigarette smoke, and I say, Becca? Yes? Where were you on the night of January 24th, 1994? Dead. I mean, not dead. Before you're <laughs> not born, alive. Are you, before you're born, are you dead? Depends on what you think death is. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I sound like a squeaky toy that's being stepped on. You know, you know the penguin from Toy Story Two. Yeah, that's you. I we need to fix here. your squeaker. Honestly, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um. Also, like, the only reason that people refer to signatures as John Hancock's is just because John Hancock's signature is the most prominent on... Well, he said... The Declaration of Independence. I... Can I say... I think I remember what it was. Yeah, sure. John Hancock said he wanted to sign it big enough... So that King George could read it without her spectacles. That's really cute, actually. So there is one of... One of the types of seal that is used in Japan, it's called a mitomein, and it's a, like, moderately formal, that's the one you use for signing for, like, deliveries and for utility bill payments, but there are certain conventions of the seal that, like, a male's seal is usually slightly larger than a female's. Cool. And a junior employee's is always smaller than his boss's. Embarrassing. (laughs) Which... Is maybe not ideal because it's just like reinforcing gender and like societal stratification. American moves to Japan. Uh huh. They're like, I got a seal made. They open a box and it's like a water bottle sized, <laughs> just like brick. Imagine. And they're just like, onto the paper. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it just wild that something. Like that. So seemingly innocuous can hold so much, like, decades, millennia of class and gender struggle. Yeah, it's just, I I find that fascinating. There's, yeah, I will probably do an episode about seals. I've talked about them for, like, far too long in this episode already. But guys, they're wild. (laughs) Really? They're fascinating. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm not, maybe maybe I'm just a big old nerd about this subject specifically, but I was like... that's I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The fun of this podcast is anytime I learn about something, I'm like, well, this is the coolest thing. 
Yeah. We found it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Catch Me If You Can? Yes. Do you like that movie? Yeah. I like that movie too. Okay, good. The way that he was able to forge things, it's hilarious how easy it was. It's so funny because what he did was he basically just, he took banknotes and signed them with other people's names and then would just continuously use them and then they would keep bouncing but it didn't matter because it wasn't his name you know like it wasn't hard and (laughs) the fact that he made an entire career about being like i'm so smart i did this cool forgery it's like and then he fixed the system because he you know joined the government yeah it's funny because it wasn't that it wasn't that hard (laughs) i think a man of equal intelligence would not be able to do as well as he did if he were born, like, 30 now. years ago. Yeah. yeah. Even. No, I totally get you. That's a very uh, fair and astute observation, I think. But it's also not, like, it was also maybe society's fault that they were not very good at identity verification, even yeah. 60 years ago, or 50, or however many. Like, how far we've come, you know? Well, what happens is... If it isn't affecting enough people or the right people, they don't care. And identities are generally not stolen with signatures anymore. Yeah, now it's... But we have other things. Yeah, well, I said it on our cloud episode. Now a kind of a type of signature is your password. So keep it up to date. Because if someone steals your password and you don't have like dual factor... Someone can essentially prove their you through email verification. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, IP addresses are becoming an increasing signature. You can just clone signature. them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, a lot of the time e-signature websites and things. Like You can't use they a just, VPN. Yeah, no. They just straight up use your IP address, and that's that's your signature. Also, another fun fact. Voters with short names are at a disadvantage for being, like, thrown out or, like, fraudulently accepted because experts make more mistakes on signatures with fewer turning points and intersections. You know what's embarrassing? What? I just realized my driver's license, when they had me sign the paper, I ran out of room. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes TM over, like to the side. Yeah. And I don't sign my ballots like that, so I wonder if I've been thrown out. If you've out. ever been thrown out? I don't know. We should, because ask, my we name... should ask our friend who works at the ballot center what exactly they do. We should, because mine definitely goes, TM, hard right turn. Hard right turn right at well, the I end. Well, I told you, I forget, like, half the... I, because Rebecca seems like a really long name, and I just forget how long it is, and then I don't say all the letters I, in my signature. My signature is normally now just Tegan M., because all my bank cards are in my maiden name. Oh. And my middle name is Marie. So if mm-hmm. I put M, then I don't think anyone will, like, verify. Yeah. My mom used to say that, like, your signature... She, she would look at the signatures and I would show her the signatures I was working on. And she'd be like, it takes too long. And I'm like, what? And she's like, it should take you, like, one stroke. And I was like, whoa. It blew my mind. <laughs> she was just lazy, I think. Yeah. But like, a, I, no, it's I. It's but sometimes good. I get anxious with my own because I you, you normally sign. Should I? Is this? I, I'm wondering. Should I like tell everybody what my signature is? Because what if they do steal my identity? And it's like that's not gonna happen. No. Sometimes I worry about the information I share on this podcast. It's like, what if people know who I am? And it's like, yes, they do. <laughs> that's the whole thing. You also have an Instagram, like. right? But I normally sign with my full name, and I get tired. It's too long. Your name is too long. Yeah. Hot take. Yeah. Name too long. <laughs> My mom in middle school made me learn how to do her signature because she got tired of signing things. I I just learned my mom's signature because I got tired of asking them to sign things. She would well, she would say her thing was I couldn't sign it unless she had read or heard about it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes at school I would send her a picture over text of like my permission slip and be like this good and she'd be like yep and I'd be like cool and I'd sign it. Sometimes I'd take documents that my parents signed and so my dad he just signed his name James Page but in like really bad cursive so it looked like a fourth grader had done it <laughs> and my mom just signed in this stupid scribble so I always worried when I brought in a permission slip that they'd be like no adult wrote this you know. I was always the little teacher's aide yeah. so I would often be the one who sorted the permission slips. And definitely some of my friends, their parents would just do, like, a line. Yeah. And I'd be like, is this cool? And the teacher would be like, I do not care. And I'd be like, excellent. 
That's always... Yeah. Signatures. Wild. <laughs> Jazz hands. So, Becca, any hot goss? I was talking about something, wasn't I? You said you were in a low place. <laughs> what does that have to do with gossip? You said you were oh, in a low place. Oh, I said, I said I've been in a low place. So I have been looking at the social medias of a lot of current and previous Bachelor and Bachelorette contestants. <laughs> so, any thoughts? No, their lives are so boring. They yeah. all live in LA, and they're dating each other. And Good. they're influencers. You know who I like? Who? Connor. Yeah. He's Myth. gonna be on Bachelor in Paradise. Really? Yeah. This this episode isn't gonna age well because of that specific reference. <laughs> uh, as far as hot, like something that is, I guess, I guess our hot gossip parts never age well because that's the nature of gossip. <laughs> Astute, yeah. So something that I do think is like genuine, and that's something that we can talk about for a second is so Blake Lively. She commented on Instagram of like I think it was TMZ or something like that, some paparazzi website which had been like trying. It posted a picture of her and it's like, oh, Blake Lively's out on a walk with her kids. And she in the comments was like, I wasn't out on a walk with my kids. Like we were just living our lives and you were stalking my children. And you like this terrifying man with a camera kept jumping out and frightening my kids. And I made a deal with him that he could take my picture if he would stop harassing my children <laughs> and she said that and that has brought it's just it's kind of blown up in a lot of different ways and then like there's this there's this account that's pretty popular called comments by celebrities that reposted it and blake lively like posted on that and she just implored everybody to stop like supporting to that. stop supporting publications that target children <laughs> Yeah, and she was like, because there are places, there are plenty of like reputable pu publications that don't do that, and like the nature of celebrity is that there's an audience for pictures of me and like things like that, but it's never okay <laughs> to do yeah. it towards children. Well, and that also, I feel like that probably feeds the parasocial relationship of Blake Lively and I are friends. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. I. There, I've seen, like, pictures of, like, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner's children going to church, and it's, like, I, it's not something that I seek out, but I was following a publication that posted about that, and I was, like, oh my gosh, this is icky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that, so I unfollowed them, <clears throat> but I, I guess I'm the audience, and I'm maybe not quite as, like, well, I'm, it's not hard to not be as creepy as some people, <laughs> but... It was still, like, why am I interested in these people's family lives? Like, it's gen genuinely not my business. Yeah. I definitely, while we were playing, we, Desert and I were watching High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah. And I did a quick Google, because I was like, oh, I wonder if uh, they were dating while filming, mm -hmm. right? Like, is the chemistry I'm seeing on scene, mm -hmm. how much of it is real and how much of it is, like, old and acting? And I was just curious. And I came across an article that was, like, a creepy timeline of their dating with all paparazzi images. And yeah. I was like, uh -uh. if I was a minor, like, in high school and someone followed my love life like this. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. It's super terrifying. Weird. And, like, the nature of celebrity, like, yeah, you open yourself up to more, like... I don't know. Scrutiny? But, like, you open yourself up to enough scrutiny in your own posts. Right. Why do they need to be stalked for more? Right. Where it's, like, you are all, like, you're, I don't know, I just feel this way, and I've, like, expressed it to you before, that, like, signing up to be an actor, an actress, or a musician, you're not signing up to be harassed or stalked, because that's the yeah. way a lot of people view it. You signed up for this because you went in the public eye. It's like, you signed up to do what you loved, and you signed up for, like, a lot of the expectations of the job, but well, but there's, of... there's a line. There's absolutely a line. Like, if you really connect with something that somebody's doing on screen or with their art, you're going to want to know more about them. Yeah. And I know a fair amount about a lot of celebrities, and I just try to be like... But I'm also not acting on any of it. Like, I don't know. No, I totally get you. I feel like K-pop is where you can, like, you can see where it could go. Mm-hmm. 
with some of their yeah. privacy issues and whatnot. And I think sometimes even, like, approaching a celebrity at a grocery store, I think most of the time they're going to be very gracious about it because they have love their be. fans and they have to be. But, like, well, if on someone... a personal level, I wouldn't do it because I don't think, because, like, they're allowed to have their own lives. Yeah. And there as... are certain spaces that are... Where it's acceptable. Right. And as a host of a... Moderately, moderately successful, successful podcast. <laughs> Isn't it so nice how much work the word moderately can do? <laughs> it's really, really buff. I personally, like, wouldn't mind if someone came up to me and was like, Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love your podcast. I would be like, wild. Do you want, like, I don't, do you want, like, a, oh, I can't imagine someone asking for, <laughs> for my picture. picture. Or my signature. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Well, even... We'll probably so not, never get there, which is fine, but... Yeah, it is fine. Unless I get extremely successful in Hollywood. My dream is for... Okay. My dream you'll, is... You'll pull me up on your Hollywood bootstraps. That's what I'm already asking my brother to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if you get to the Oscars, you're taking me, right? And he's like, yeah. If you get to the Oscars, you'll mention our podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Richard, you'll mention our podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> but oh what was I going to say he's like my family and also this girl named Tegan I think as it stands right now ideally I would like film students to know who I am mm. because that's not everybody cool what's your favorite candy bar wait why are we talking about that I just want to know so candy mine is Bueno Bars <laughs> candy this bar. is new it is not no, but it is. I thought you've loved Brandon I, Bars forever. Okay, here's the thing. I would always be like, I feel like a Bueno Bar. And then I'd get one. <laughs> and then I'd be like, wow, this is really good. My favorite candy bar is a Reese's. And then I would continue on my merry way. And then I would go to the store and I'd be like, I think I want a Bueno Bar. And it just kept on happening. And yesterday <laughs> I was sitting and I was like, I really want a Bueno Bar. I bought like mini ones. Yeah. So I could have like one, you know, like after lunch or whatever. Sure. Because I'm a grandmother. And I was suddenly affronted with the fact, like... Bueno bars are your favorite? They've been my favorite You're for a while. You're not a Reese's person anymore? No. not a Reese's girl. It's like my switch from yellow being my favorite color to teal. I looked around one day and everything I owned was teal. <laughs> <laughs> that must be identity shattering. For somebody who already doesn't know who they are. I don't know who I am. I, I don't, don't even have a favorite color. I like bugs. That's all I know. I like bugs and bueno bars. I like movies. I like you. Oh, I like you too. Oh my gosh. I like bugs, bueno bars, and Becca. Wow. Put that on your Insta bio. <laughs> bugs, bueno bars, and Becca. <laughs> oh, that Literally, makes... my Twitter bio is like, I don't know who I am, and that make, freaks me out, but if I watch enough movies and read enough books, maybe I'll figure it out. <laughs> So pretentious. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's I What if all I am? What if who I am is just pretentious? That's okay. Cuz here's the thing. What? I love you and your pretension. <laughs> Cuz guess what I'm also pretentious, especially about bugs. Everybody's pretentious about something. I think I've told Everyone you has a well actually subject. Right, that's what I said. Um I just happen to have more well actually subjects than most people. Yeah. My favorite candy bar was the most pretentious thing I could come up with. A bueno bar? Toblerone? Uh, Toblerone's not really pretentious. It's really? at Costco now. Oh. I like Ghirardelli. If I said... Oh, oh, no. Is that your favorite? What about The Lint? caramel squares? Lint are too rich. I like They're dark so chocolate caramel squares from Ghirardelli. <laughs> it's not a bar, though. At least you're not, like, a crunch. That was my favorite in, like... First through yeah. third grade. Also, people who are like, Hershey tastes like wax. I'm like, first of all, why do you know so much about what wax tastes like? Second of all, no, it doesn't. It tastes like vomit. <laughs> it doesn't taste like wax. It tastes like throw up. It, like it genuinely does, scientifically. <laughs> yes. Oh, you know what? We should do a chocolate episode. But it also tastes kind of good. Not the pukey part, but it like, I like Hershey's just fine. I think they're fine. We should do a chocolate episode. Sounds good. How should we end this? Uh, soon. <laughs> It's been a second. I think I think there's a lot of good stuff somewhere in there. <laughs> somewhere in that. That's just that's just that's just the, my two cents. In the audio forms, <laughs> isn't that wild? They're just waves. Yeah, we're literally recording 
Oh, this is stupid. We're recording the shape of our waves. Yeah, we're recording the shape of our voices. Yeah. And then the computer's like, mm, yes. I mean, I wa- there was a, there's a subreddit called Explain Like I'm Five, and one of them was like, what's the difference between, like, analog and digital audio? Like, what's the difference between, like, uh, the stuff that's broadcast over radios and vinyl? Yeah. And it's literally just vinyl. It's, like, scratching physical. out physical shape. Like, the physical waveform. And this is pretending to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's cool. It's that's so, so cool. cool. Audio is very interesting and has definitely been a learning curve. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I can never... I, I don't know. I was going to say I can never listen to our earlier episodes, but I think that the Sunburn episode's audio was just as rough. <clears throat> so crunchy, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a nice day. Send us your signatures Don't. and your social security number. Actually, you know, if you want to send us your autograph, I'm so ge- I'm so down. Yeah, yeah, honestly. That would be fun if instead of us uh, signing things for people, people sign things and send them to us. Yeah, well, I watched this Bo Burnham, like, interview one time, but it was on a stage with an audience. And at the end, somebody's like, do you want my picture? And he's like, do I, do I want... Or, like, she was like, do you want my autograph? And he was like, do I want your autograph? And they were like, yeah. And so, like, they pass up, like, a photo of themselves with an autograph. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Okay, that's what I want. I want signed pictures of everyone who listens to this. You just, you, you like, put it on, a, like, a pin board. And you have lines connecting everybody just for the aesthetic. Yes. Red yarn everywhere. Perfect. We're like, how do we optimize our content for these people? Who uses a VPN? (laughs) Who would be interested in buying underwear? (laughs) 